So Bob just read for us the oldest resurrection narrative in the New Testament. It was written about a generation after Jesus's death. And so in this first ending of the Gospel of Mark, three women who followed Jesus got up very early on the Sunday morning after Jesus was crucified. The women were Mary Magdalene, who I told a story about earlier, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome. They went to where they thought Jesus's body would be, and they brought with them everything they needed to care for the body of their beloved teacher and prepare the body for proper burial. They knew that Jesus's body had been placed in a cave with a large stone rolled across the entrance. And they fretted about how they would move that stone. As so often happens, they were worrying about the wrong thing because when they got there, the stone was already rolled away. And so they worried about a new thing, the young man sitting in that cave. They were alarmed. He said, Jesus isn't here. You should go tell the disciples and then meet him in Galilee. The text then says, they went out and fled from the tomb for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. Which raises the question of how we know the story at all, if they truly said nothing to anyone, but we'll leave that question for another time. And that is the first ending of the oldest story of the resurrection, terror and amazement, fear and fleeing. And if you open your Bibles, you would see that that's not where the gospel of Mark ends now. Uh, later, more was added to the gospel of Mark to say that the women did tell others and describe Jesus appearing to his followers. But the oldest versions we have end where the, our reading ended, end with the terror and amazement. The women who loved Jesus best were terrified by what was happening that first Easter. We Unitarian Universalists are a community of diverse believers. Some of us consider the Bible sacred text. Some of us don't. We have different views about Jesus. For some of us, he's central to our faith. Some of us value his words and actions alongside those of other great teachers. Others of us turn to other sources for the wisdom that guides our lives. And the strength of our tradition and this congregation is that we support one another on our various paths. But regardless of your beliefs, regardless of your thoughts about Jesus or the Bible, Easter is a good day to think about resurrection and all of the terror and amazement that comes with it. Because resurrection is terrifying. The natural order breaks down. All we have come to expect is upended. If resurrection is possible, if life after death is possible, anything is possible. What do we do with this terrifying and amazing story? With this terrifying and amazing possibility? In our culture, we have largely tamed and domesticated Easter. We have dyed it pastel and put a bonnet on it. And that is not what Easter was to the first followers of Jesus. It was unsettling. It was terror. It was amazement. 
which is why I want to talk about zombies today. That first Easter was unsettling then in a way that zombies are unsettling now. Zombies have been having a moment in our culture for the last decade or so. Zombies are in our multiplexes, on our television, our streaming services, our video games, comics, books, novels. There are zombie horror movies, zombie comedies, zombie love stories. That is another story of resurrection. The stories being told right now are full of zombies, but that was not always the case. The zombie as we know it is about 200 years old. Where do zombies come from? The origin of the monster, the zombie, is in West African traditions from the area we now know as Benin. And these African zombies are different from the shambling, brain-eating monsters in our stories. West African zombies were ordinary people who were forced to work against their will by a witch or a sorcerer. And the zombie idea came to this hemisphere with the Middle Passage, with African people kidnapped and sold into slavery in the Western Hemisphere. The zombie took on a new form in the Haitian voodoo traditions. Voodoo is the better word for what we might know as voodoo. It's a religious tradition practiced in Haiti and with communities with roots in Haiti that mixes parts of Roman Catholicism, African traditions, and, and the indigenous Haitian religions. Those who practice the tradition prefer the word voodoo to describe their faith. So in Vodou, a zombie is created when someone has a killing spell cast on them by a sorcerer or a priest and then dies. And after the body is buried, it is dug up, reanimated and made to work, most often in the fields. This monster spoke to the fears of the enslaved people of Haiti with very little control over their lives, their bodies, their work, their families or anything else. Enslaved people were, in many ways, the walking dead. And the prospect of an afterlife that repeated their current reality terrified them. The introduction of the zombie in European and United States culture began with the Haitian Revolution in 1796. The Haitian Revolution is one of the very few successful revolts by enslaved people in history. And it was the second successful independence movement in the Americas, second only to this country. It led to the abolition of slavery in Haiti and the founding of the Haitian Republic. The Haitian Revolution left many in positions of privilege in the United States and Europe feeling terror, amazement, and fear. Terror that a similar revolution by enslaved people could upend their social, economic, and political realities. Steve Jones and Shaka McLaughlin, academics in the fields of media studies and anthropology write, although it is now largely forgotten, the image of the zombie as a looming murderous horde derives from the Caribbean and especially the Haitian revolution, which was perceived by the West as mindless rapacious destruction. The contemporary zombie likewise almost always appears as a horde that threatens existence as we know it. The zombie of Haitian voodoo traditions became intertwined in Europe and the United States with fears of black self-determination and enslaved people liberating themselves. 
The stories of undead people forced to work against their will were equated with real people yearning and fighting for freedom and control over their own bodies and their lives. So zombie stories in the United States are not only about the fear of having our brains eaten, but about having the systems of oppression that benefit us overturned. Zombies as we know them today, the resurrected undead with infectious bites who shamble around in search of brains began their current prominence in popular culture with George Romero's movies, Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, which prepare, premiered in 1968 and 1979. Romero and many who follow in his footsteps have found zombies a fruitful allegory. Dawn of the Dead is in large part a critique of consumption and the quest to find meaning through shopping. More recent zombie stories, including The Walking Dead, World War Z, The Last of Us, which features a fungus that turns people into something close to zombies, explore current fears about changing economic realities, pandemics, and an increasingly interconnected world. In the hands of skilled storytellers, the zombie can personify all that terrifies us about the world. What does any of this have to do with Jesus and with Easter? Pondering zombie resurrection stories alongside Jesus' resurrection stories allows us to return to the Easter story as though for the first time. We are so familiar with Easter and in secular culture, the celebration of that resurrection has been tamed and domesticated. It has been mixed with pagan spring traditions of Northern Europe. It's about cute baby animals and chocolates and fancy hats. And I love all of those things, but that is not who Jesus was. Over 2000 years, we have tamed and domesticated Jesus too. Jesus was radical. In a wonderful essay titled, Take, Eat, These Are My Brains, Queer Zombie Jesus, Max Thornton, a, religious, a religion professor and my friend writes, Christians who spend time considering zombie Jesus could have their entire sense of what is right or appropriate recalibrated. Just as Jesus shocked the religious sensibilities of faithful Jews in his own lifetime by spending time with lepers and healing on the Sabbath. It was not only Jesus's death that filled others with terror and amazement. His life and ministry did too. His teachings threatened to upend the social order of the day and continue to be a radical critique of systems of privilege and oppression. He told his followers to care for those who suffer the most, the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the naked, the sick, the prisoner. He said that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And he taught about a justice greater than the justice of the ruling Roman elite of his day. He said that loving our neighbor means loving everyone no exceptions, especially the people we consider our enemies. So resurrections, both Jesus and zombies have their roots in revolution. In revolution. Jesus in advocating for the kingdom of God, what we might know as the beloved community, the reign of love and justice, which requires a radical reorganization of society and privileging people all people over rigid religious rules and oppressive empires. Jesus's calls to ju for justice led to his death. 
and zombies echo some of those calls for justice. Zombies made their way into our canon of monsters via the Haitian Revolution, the uprising of a people abducted and enslaved who knew they were human and worthy of dignity despite systems that treated them as property. They violently demanded justice and equality. It was a revolution that led to many deaths, but to some measure of freedom, even though the Haitian Republic was thwarted by more powerful countries. Because it was a country led by black people and formerly enslaved people, Haiti threatened the status quo. Other countries refused to treat Haiti as their equal. The US government established embargoes against Haiti and didn't recognize Haiti as an independent country for 60 years, not until after the Southern states seceded during the Civil War. The French government demanded reparations, which totaled the modern equivalent of $21 billion from Haiti to compensate the French for their loss of property during the revolution, meaning the loss of no longer enslaving people. So I'm gonna say that again, because I just can't even believe this. When Haitians liberated themselves and abolished slavery, they had to pay reparations to their enslavers. $21 billion. And Haiti made payments on this debt until 1947. At the time of the revolution, Haiti was among the richest places in the new world. Today, in part because of the 120 years spent paying the French for their freedom, it is among their po the poorest. The resurrection story we tell on Easter is about a revolution whose full promise was never realized. We do not yet live in the beloved community and the full promise of the Haitian revolution was also unrealized. So on this Easter day, in addition to chocolates and bunnies and pastels, I invite you to set a metaphorical place at your Easter table for Jesus and for a zombie. Keep a place for the vision of a revolution that prioritizes freedom and justice for all people, especially those who are oppressed. Amidst the joy of this day, let us all find a little room for terror and amazement. Because we need to remember that resurrection, whether Jesus or zombies is unsettling. Resurrection is a challenge. If people can return from the dead, whether as an act of God or the result of infection with a zombie plague, all bets are off. Resurrection makes us question what we thought we knew about how the world works and what the world can be. It invites us to envision new possibilities, uncomfortable possibilities, challenging possibilities, unsettling possibilities, more just possibilities. So may we be terrified and amazed. May we tell the old stories and find new truths. May we work for a world that the revolutionary prophets invited us to imagine. May it be so. May we make it so. Amen. <laughs>